It's time now to welcome the one and only, the magnificent, the handsome, the intelligent. This, oh, I, I, I can't think of any more superlatives. Dave Healy joins us. Blind Dave, hello. Uh, good morning, Simon. How are you? I'm very well, and you didn't even sing this time. No, I know, I know. I was quite open-mouthed at how you introduced me. You did get the handsome bit right. <laughs> well, you know, you know, with my eyesight, I don't often get that wrong. Well, that's true. That's true. I have said you needed to get to Specsavers or somewhere <laughs> like that. Uh, now, it's a big weekend. If you're a marathon runner, and uh, it's a London marathon this mm-hmm. this week, and you're not actually taking part this year, no, this year, are you? Sadly, no. Sadly, I'm not. Uh, I'm a, I'm very jealous of it because I know a few people there are, and uh, London Marathon is just one of those events for them. You know, I've loved over the years. Um, it's a must-not-miss. But unfortunately, because I'm training for um, Escape from Alcatraz, I've, I've had to centre most of me training on the swimming because I'm not too good at it. If you want to find out more about Alcatraz, have a look at the Morning Mix podcast page and uh, Dave Healy from a couple of weeks ago, and you'll find out all about it. Yeah. But uh, like you say, it's a bit of, a, of an event. But for someone who's doing this as a blind or partially sighted runner for the very first time, what's the biggest thing that strikes you when you when you when you get there? Um, the crowds, the the amount of people that actually take part. Um, you're in the thick of it, and and for me, what I would say, I mean, I'm going back to my first one. I, I don't, you know, it's it's difficult to sort of try and grab that experience, but from from memory, you know, you walk onto the park. Catch, well, you you come out of your hotel, or you come from wherever you're coming on that morning, and um, uh, because you've got a number for London, the tubes and the trains to Blackheath Park are all free. <clears throat> when you get to the park, um, I would suggest try and get there. You know, at least an hour earlier, because that hour soon you soon lose it. But you get there, you mingle with the crowd. You'll get to your particular uh, start line, and they're all coloured. And it's also easily marked for whoever's with you, you know, to follow. Security are great. Um, get into all around where you are. Get yourself stripped off, kitted, kitted on, onto the, the buses because the buses are then transport your kit to the other end. And then just literally chill. Um, get ready for the off. But what I would say is, is don't be t- taken the back by too many of the crowds. You know, you're in amongst it all. But you'll suddenly find that if they've got a label on to say that there is a problem with sight or a problem with whatever, you find that the camaraderie amongst runners is very, very good. And eventually, um, you know, within with, within a mile of the start, a lot of people will realise that there is a problem and they will give you a wide berth or give you a slap on the back or generally help you. And then all I say is just enjoy. You've obviously run with your guides. Um, you trust your guides, your guides know what they've got to do, and you just run along, listen to them, you know, pull, push, or whatever, but just enjoy, enjoy the crowd, uh, enjoy the occasion, enjoy the other runners, you know, engage yourself in conversation, it takes your mind off it, but literally enjoy that 26.2 miles, it is the first one, well, I've done 14 now, and the 14th one resorted me to tears the same, but it's just a fantastic run, mate, but it's so well organised, you just can't go wrong, Simon. Well, as well, the, the thing is, I mean, I would like to think that any of you at home are thinking of doing it this weekend, you'll be pretty well geared up and prepared for it. Mm-hmm. But do, do you, Dave, when you're planning up for that, like a few days before, start thinking about differences in your diet, like more carbs and things and fluids and stuff? No. No? Um, I don't, and only for the simple reason is, I mean, 
it, it was different a few years ago when I was sort of trying to push myself to the limits for times. Then, yeah, you, you was a little bit more careful. But over the years now, I, I just feel that, um, you know, when you're, when you're one of the Kenyans, when you're, a, um, you know, one of the ones that's going to come in the top three, then obviously you've got to look after the sciences of your body and what you put in there and all the rest of it. But you, you're going to have professionals looking after you. But the likes of us, if you want the honest truth, I've said it for, for the last couple of years, if you are eating sensibly anyway, there's not really much more you need to do. I mean, my diet consists of, you know, meat, fish, chicken, um, pasta. Um, uh, Caviar. Uh, yeah, I wish. Um, no. But you know what I mean? I'm, I'm on a normal diet anyway. And, and as long as you eat the right stuff in moderation, um, I mean, if you're preparing for a marathon, I wouldn't suggest you go and have, you know, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday on uh, a McDonald's or something like that, because that just isn't going to do it for you. But you eat proper food. But, you know, I enjoy pasta and I enjoy spaghetti. So on a Saturday night, we would find an Italian down in London, go and have something to eat. But as long as you've eaten properly and your diet is A-OK and you keep yourself hydrated, that's the important thing. Well, the thing, yeah, that's so important, the hydration thing. And by the time you actually really think you're really thirsty, you've left it a bit late, isn't it's it? too late. But you don't want to yeah. go the other way and waterlog yourself as well. No, but what, what I would tend to do, or what I would tend to say, and what I tend to do, actually, is at every mile marker, there is a, there is a water stop. Now, they do the small bottles, um, and I think the smaller bottles are great. But when you get onto the park, there's plenty of water around. You know, just keep sipping it away. Um, and obviously, you know, they'll be toilet bright, but they've got port loose around the place. But when you kick off, just make sure that you've got a, a adequate water inside you and hydrated as best you can. But then what I do is every mile mark, my guys will pick me up a bottle and I just keep sipping away. Not drinking or gulping, just sipping. And, and in between the miles, you'll find maybe one bottle will go. If you don't, go through to the next mile, but then pick another bottle up. And by the time I get to around about the 20, 22-mile mark, I've been sip, sip, sipping away. You, you know, you're hydrated. And from sort of 22 miles, then I don't bother drinking again until I get into the finish. But, you know, but um, if you have a lapse of a few miles, and as you say, you start looking for water because you're thirsty, you're going to be in serious problem because that's dehydration setting in. How long does it take you to recover from a, a marathon? Obviously, you're a seasoned marathon runner, but uh, and and you train a lot anyway. But how long yeah. does it take you, roughly? Would you say? Well, the, the the first ever one that I did, it probably took me about four days to walk properly. Um, <laughs> you know, but then after that, as you say, because you're training all of the while. I mean, you know, last year after doing the marathon, decide we come and done the marathon, and yeah, our legs knew about it because we'd done. 160 plus miles about two weeks prior but even saying that we come through the finish and you know you, your muscles will ache I don't care who you are professional or not your muscles will ache but if you can stretch them off but normally the, the next day I'm, I'm fine you know you've got a little bit of soreness in your quads and your calves but you're going to expect that anyway you're doing something you don't do every week um, but if it's your first time um, and you know yeah, expect a couple of a couple of days, but just have a couple of days off, and <laughs> you know it is funny actually because you're brandishing the medal on the Monday, and then you're walking like a penguin. But at least people <laughs> know that you've done it, you know. A badge of honour. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've had some fantastic. I mean, some of the lads I've run with in the past. I mean, we 
we sort of spent the next day at the British Museum one year, and Carl will always remember him. They were saying, for him to walk up them steps is unbelievable. You'll just see him coming back down. And, you know, we, <laughs> oh, God, it was like the Laurel and Hardy show. But you're, you're proud because you know there's a good reason why, though. Yeah, you've done it. And yeah. if you've got your medal and your T-shirt hanging around your neck and on your back, mate, you, you know, you, people do. We, you know, we go into the station or I've gone into the station and you find the amount of people that clap you and whatnot, you know, because there's, there's medals and T-shirts all over London. Uh, it's just fantastic. It really is. And I, I always say this, Simon, if you could bottle the atmosphere on London Marathon Day, and then open that bottle the other 364, 65 days of the year, what a place this world would be. Because the crowds are brilliant. The camaraderie amongst runners is fantastic. The organisation through the London Marathon is in, well, it's second to none. And although there's a lot of pain, and, you know, but there's an awful lot of pleasure and smiles at the end, especially when they drape that medal around your neck and you think, yes! And there's friends <laughs> to be made as well, isn't there? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. And it's... Um, yeah, you know, you'll go afterwards and you might get to a cafe, you might get to a bar, you might sit on the park, you might collapse on the park. But, you know, the, the, the smiles and, my goodness me, there must be, what, 36, 38,000 running it and there'll be 38,000 different stories and it's fantastic. Was it was it the marathon with that first time where your guide, was it was it Donkey, was wearing the sunglasses? Was it that one and everybody was cheering? No, cheer, cheer no, 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 donkey. That was when we did the Great North Run. But, <laughs> but strangely enough... Uh, was you should like? t- tell the story quickly. Yeah, well, it was uh, the, the story was the Great North Run with Donkey. And we'd kicked off the first three miles. And um, and uh, I'd got... Uh, well, I don't wear glasses and sunglasses. And uh, up till about uh, three, four miles, Donkey had got his sunglasses on, which I wasn't aware of. So we're running along. I go, oh, go on, guys, you can do it, you can do it. Go on, guys, you can do it, you can do it. And then we got to about four or five miles, and it stopped. And then we got to about nine miles, and it started again. But in between time, I had then realised that he got his glasses because he gave them to me too old, and I took them down my shirt. So from, say, five miles to nine, there was nothing. And then he said, it's, it stopped riding, the sun's coming. Gives me glasses back, so I gave him his glasses. And it was then I clocked, and I thought, I kept on, oh, go on, Gary, you're nearly there. Go on, guys, you can nearly... <laughs> And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. I said, did you have your shades on before? You took them off. You got them on again now. And he went, yeah. <laughs> I said, that's it. Yeah, I'm the blind bloke. And <laughs> <laughs> you're his guide. <laughs> oh, and he was the guide. Oh. <laughs> but just like donkey, you know what I mean? He right, pulled it shows you the support, though. Took his eh? Yeah, but it shows you the support, doesn't it? Just, oh, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's a nice it feeling. Is. And, and one, one big tip I say for every single runner, Put your name or put a nickname on your shirt. Because even if it's, you know, oh, dozy chops, when you get to the point of 22, 23 miles where you need a lift and suddenly somebody out of the crowd picks on your name and says, go on, dozy chops, you know nobody else is called dozy chops. They've aimed that at you. And the lift that you get from the fact that somebody has pinpointed you is brilliant. (laughs) I just imagine somebody, well, that's my name. Oh. You know? But it's right, you know, because I'll tell you what, when I do run a race, especially London, I mean, i got blind, blind Dave been blazing to cost me shirt. For the first eight to ten miles, all it is is, go on, uh, 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 Dave. <laughs> when you get to 22 miles, mate, it's, go on, blind Dave. Go. They, and I'll tell you what, mate, the lift, as I say, you get, um, it's just incredible. But enjoy the crowd, because the crowd from 22 miles will carry you into the finish. 
Fantastic, Dave. Well, thanks for your advice. And um, everybody who's uh, going to be attempting or even just going just to support, good luck and have a great weekend. Oh, yeah. And it looks like it's going to be a little bit cooler on Sunday, so it's probably more ideal for actually a marathon. It'd be good for running, actually. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've run hot, I've run cold, and the colder it is, it makes you feel that little bit better. Sadly, the spectators suffer a little bit, but um, it's like, if it's a bit breezier, it's better. Dave Healy, always a pleasure to chat with you. We'll Cheers, catch up Simon. with you next and, week. And anybody listening, a, a fantastic good luck to everybody. And I am that jealous. It's incredible. Cheers, Dave.